Hey guys, how many times have you bought a CBD product at a gas station or liquor store only to find out it was complete trash? With so many CBD products on the market now, it's hard to tell snake oil from CBD oil. Let me tell you about Canary CBD. These guys are super legit. All their products are 100% traceable, naturally vegan, gluten-free, have zero pesticides, grown and manufactured right here in the USA, baby. They have all of their lab certificates available on their website and via a QR code on all their products. Not only is Canary transparent and legit as fuck, their shit is tasty. Check out their website at www.canarycbd.com. That's C-A-N-A-R-I-C-B-D.com. Use code BADETIQUETTE15 for 15% off your first order. Again, that's C-A-N-A-R-I-C-B-D.com. You can follow on Instagram and Facebook at CBD Canary or Twitter at Canary CBD. Is it some devil that crawls inside of you? Welcome back, listeners, too. Um, I try not to talk at people that aren't here. Kind of ruins the podcast, or I think it kind of ruins the like vibe. Yeah, when you're having like an imaginary conversation, right? Like, hey guys, how are you doing today? It's like somebody refers to themselves as the third person the whole time. It's like there's no third person here. Just talk me and you, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think like when people have that uh, comment when they're like, "Oh, you know, it's so cool listening to you guys. It's like I'm hanging out with you guys, right? You know, in the room with you." Mm-hmm. Um, I think you, that really only happens when uh, you're flowing with each other, right. like organically. Yeah, not doing a radio show to a bunch of listeners type of style. Well, nobody is here, and they all want to be, and so we'll just <laughs> talk like they are because they're not. But yeah, exactly. You know, they exactly, can listen. Exactly. Um, Dallas, I've been listening to a couple of our podcasts, and there's things that I hear now, and I'm like, oh, I got to make sure I don't do that. I got to make sure I cut back on that. I got to make sure I don't do this as much, you know, and it's like little things, stuttering. (laughs) um, Yeah, that's, that's what Lip smacking. Oh, you know what? One of the, one of the, do you have any chapstick actually? One of the, I don't uh, have chapstick here, but I know my wife will have some in a minute when she comes. Right on. Um, Well, one of the uh, first things I read when I was starting my podcast years ago was uh, it's good to have chapstick. It prevents that like popping okay. or like that like sticking. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, our lips are probably fucking chapped from making out a bunch before right. the start of the recording. So. I love making out. Love making out. I hate it. I also think it was interesting how people, when you acknowledge somebody and you say, "Yep, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right," oh, oh, it's like and almost like. You're interrupting them by saying that? Is that what you mean? What do you mean? I don't understand. Just in like the context of if you're telling me a story, right? right? It, your yeah. story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You got yeah. it. I do that to this day all the time. Irritating as hell. It, Listening back and I go, why the fuck, why the fuck did I do that? You're like, just let them talk, asshole. Just let them, just let them finish. Right. Nobody wants to hear you talk. Otherwise, they wouldn't listen to a podcast. Yeah, I'm right? not adding any anything by saying, uh-huh, yeah, totally, yep. I know, right? Me too, bro. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to nod my head. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. 
It's really cool though. No, anyways, I was listening to some podcasts and it's cool to hear that kind of stuff because I think as a listener or, you know, you can clean it up and make it sound better. But everybody I've uh, sent the podcast to that's listened to it likes it. They're like, the quality's great. Wherever you guys are recording it is perfect. Um, it's genuine. It's organic. You know, it's not scripted. You just, you can tell you guys are just hanging out in the room together. And I think that's what we're doing. He just read that off a piece of paper, guys. Don't. Yeah, I can't. I can't read that well. <laughs> Can't read that well. What's uh, what's up, Dallas? What catch me up on uh, on your life to date? What have we missed? What's been going on with you? Um, well, I don't know when we recorded last, but uh, my father-in-law had passed away. Uh, Sorry to hear that. Thank you. Uh, so, just uh, kind of recovering from all of the uh, grievances that losing a loved one t- uh, that take place. Yep. So just going through those motions, but I've been uh, working a really great job with uh, someone who trains here, uh, or at least used to. <laughs> mm-hmm. He used to. He's, he's going to get been so here. mad as soon as he, he hasn't been here that. for a while. <laughs> he was here. Uh, he did a morning class okay, when good. you weren't here. Yeah. Okay. I'm not here. He's here morning, when you're so. not here. Yeah. You're never here. Typically that's the way it works. I was, I'll look su- at somebody. I was surprised you were here last night on Tuesdays, Tuesday nights. I don't think, I, I don't think I see you. What do you mean yesterday was Tuesday? Oh wait, is today Tuesday? Today's Tuesday. No fucking Yeah, way. today's Tuesday. Oh shit. So God, you, that you tripped me out. Tonight. <laughs> I just I, bought, that, bought into that. I had no I have had no idea what day it's been for many days. So Yeah, I everything's just kind of blended together. Um that was trippy though. I was like, wait a minute, you mean I worked t- I, I taught Tuesday night? I covered and didn't even know? Oh, uh, how embarrassing. The guy didn't even show up and I'm oh my gosh. Okay, never mind. Anyways, I'm sorry to hear that about your father in law. Thank you. Um for the but uh, it's I'm sure that it's nice to know that you have a bunch of support and um, yeah Kylie has a bunch of support around her as well mm-hmm. and she's got you as a stand-up dude to keep her spirits up yeah they keep saying that and I'm I don't buy it but whatever they say you know I think they're trying to make me feel better for sucking at it shit <laughs> you caught on <laughs> um, no I try, I try to remain as humble intentionally humble which is kind of like not very humble of a person, I don't think, but uh, I try. I try to remain like as self-aware and as you know, kind of second-guess everything because you never know when you're someone's taking advantage of your good nature. And not that anyone's doing that right now for mm-hmm. for the said concert or for the uh, situation, but uh, just putting that out there. Yeah, I think people. There want to surround themselves with people that they enjoy being around and that brings them joy. And so to give somebody support is to simply just be yourself and don't change what you're doing. Don't be, uh, outwardly like overly supportive and yeah, don't be and annoying like, about it. Yeah, guys. Just, just be yourself and you know, let them, let them be around you because that's what that, that's what brings them joy. So it's really, it's really interesting to kind of witness the dynamics of a family, um, adapt. Mm-hmm. and grow when you go through adversity like this? It does bring a lot of emotions out it, within the family. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Well, What about you? Um, what's, been, what's been going on with you? That's my only thing. So uh, not much. You know, not, not much new. We uh, had another competition that we went down to for a yeah. day. We, yeah, we, this school's been competing a lot. Yeah, we have been competing a lot. Was that um, three in the past three months at mm-hmm. least? Which I don't know if that doesn't sound like a lot to some more 
like localized or centralized schools where they're privy yeah. to a lot of competitions. But for, you know, a two-year-old school and the students here, super cool to be even um, like peripherally a part of. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, I believe in competitions. I believe that the benefits of comp, of competing as a, um, athlete helps you grow as a person, um, and as a practitioner of the sport. So doing it as early as possible is important for people. And then at the same time, it is a lot like three tournaments. If you look at a school like Athos, three mm. tournaments is nothing. And they yeah. do that like in one weekend. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they just drive from city to city to city and yeah. do three tournaments. For us, it's a lot because our membership base is not as big as most schools like that. You know, we're in small a small area. area with a small um, member list. And so when we talk about these tournaments, it's a full investment from the team because whether there's 10 people competing, 20 people competing, or two people competing, everybody needs investment from their teammates. And so our classes are filled with anywhere between 10 and 20 guys or 10 and 20 kids. And the kids that are not competing have to give as much into that um, as the kids that are competing so that the kids competing can go out there and have fun and do well. Um, so when we do one tournament, we prepare for it. We invest a lot of time and energy there. Three tournaments in three months is a lot. Just getting that all prepared and laid out we live and to travel yeah that's remote that's huge this school we're always an hour and a half easily minimum Minimum. away from tournaments so you know most of the time we'll do a weekend tournament and uh, we'll have to stay down there for the weekend as coaches as school owners my wife and i are the ones that are you know pretty much responsible for being down there throughout the entire event and so most of the time if we have 20 people competing that's never like back to back one how, yeah, how after you, another, how you, after another, how do you yourself another. balance competing yourself and coaching and supporting your competitors, your teammates? I, you know, it's hard, it's hard to balance that. And I don't think I have been balancing it. And I actually think that's why I haven't fared so well in the last tournaments that I've been registered in and competed in. Like you yourself? Like me, myself. Okay. Um, so managing like the time management of the scheduling with the tournaments and the, the people that are competing is easy enough. Mm-hmm. Um, creating that venue for like us as a team to go down, check into a hotel, all be a part of, you know, the same thing, going to the tournament together. Um, that's all easy and stuff. And then I know on a schedule, a list of times that our competitors will be competing and with what mats they'll be competing at. And so when you get to the venue, you have the ability to look around and see where the mats are and where their numbers are. Yeah. And then you just look at your list and you're like, okay, I have 10 competitors and these are the times that they're competing on these mats. So I know I have to um, allocate coaches to those mats with those students so that they have coaches when they're competing. Yeah. A lot of times though, I'm very shorthanded on coaches because as you can tell, we only have you know a few coaches yeah. and they out of those available. few coaches, they may not be available to come. Yeah. You know, it's it's tough. And so I end up coaching for the most part and just run around, you know, from mat to mat to mat, helping coach. And sometimes we miss kids and I rely on our Gracie Baja support from down in LA to be like, Hey, you know, I know some professors down there. I have a student on this mat. You have some students on this mat. I have to run to mat six. Can you coach the student? That's so um, cool. Yeah. It, uh, at my previous school, my inter- the one intermediate between this, this one, 
um, they, they spoke about that red wave. And I think maybe even you had all those crazy Baja shirts yeah. and all those people you see GB and it's like, it's like a fun cult, you know, we're like, yeah, like yeah, we're yeah. all in it together. Like, yeah, I'm supporting you. You're supporting me. It's a great thing to see. Um, and it got me like a little more open-minded and a little more less. I still haven't competed period. And I wanted to ask you, what do you think, uh, makes a person avoid competing? Um, that's, I think that there's too many, there's too many variables in there between person to person. You know, I think that it's kind of up to the person's personality and, uh, and I'm just so scared and attributes and character (laughs) flaws. And, you know, I don't know, maybe you have, maybe you're scared to lose maybe deep down for me. That's it's two things. It's usually a, a financial hurdle. Um, and then a, uh, a deep fear of, like losing, getting my ass kicked or getting hurt in yeah. front of people. Yeah. That's so, that's a terrifying finances is number one, I think for sure. I think mm-hmm. jujitsu is not cheap. No. It's a premium sport. It's a it's a it's and it comes at a premium price tag. You've got uh jujitsu memberships that range from a wide variety. You've got yeah. I mean the lowest jujitsu membership I've ever really encountered is like hundred and thirty dollars yeah. a month. Yeah. And that's for a part time membership. You know, and then there's schools that I've heard charge almost $500 a month to train. Dude, that's insane. I went to a school down south uh, when I moved to see if I was going to train there. And like the fees and everything, it was going to be like between two and $400 a month. Yeah. I was like, are you fucking. Are you kidding me? And people pay it though. Yeah, I know. And, and, so, and if they're in the position to do that, that's their. Um, they're living within their limits and that's how they afford that. I yeah. totally get it. That people are a part of yacht clubs because they have yachts and like that's their realm. Correct. And people can pay for those uh, higher end larger academies because that's that's their class. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Yeah. And, and and but that's uh so I think that I don't even know what we were talking about. I lost my train of oh, thought. I was just asking Matt what, Brain. Uh what yeah, I know. I'm all zapped right now. Uh-huh. I was I was asking like what do you what do you think uh, drives someone to avoid competition? You know? That's right, and and so then it went to the financial side of it, and, and jujitsu being a premium sport coming at a premium price tag, so tournaments are expensive in general. You know, it's minimum eighty dollars for an adult to register to a tournament, and that's pre-registration. For, and for some know? people, some people that's like a day of work. For yeah. their minimum wage job after yeah. taxes. That's hard to uh-huh. part with. And so you have to maybe balance that and say, well, if it's $80 to register for the tournament and that's a whole day's worth of work, you know, how much time have I been investing into myself with jujitsu? Have I been training frequently enough? Have I been putting in the time and the effort? Um, do I have the support of my team and my coaches? Do they feel like I'm ready for this? Mm. And what are my chances of going out there and actually getting hurt? You know, and if I get hurt, then I'm not able to work anymore. I have to take time off of work and yep. nobody wants to take time off of work right now, considering everybody's, you know, in a position where they need to make money. They need to work, you know, yeah. they're, they're trying to keep their jobs, trying to build a reputation and a name. Nobody wants to 
pause their life and yeah, sit on the bench yeah. with an injury for six months, you know, or six weeks. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's something that scares me too, is I'm a bigger guy. So I'm only going to be up against bigger people. Yeah. That's a higher margin for injury because there's more falling weight. There's more strength involved mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, and when you're that big, you don't move so gracefully. Yeah. So it, I think the margin for injury and error becomes a little bigger and that weighs on me. No pun intended. Sure. Heavily. (laughs) I think that, you know, that brings up a lot of really valid things. And if I start to dissect it and think about it, when I was, when I started training jujitsu competitions were always kind of, um, brought into the table like we were always encouraged to compete yeah the owners of the school were always encouraging us to sign up for tournaments and go and compete go and compete go and compete the more people they had go and compete the more medals would they'd win and when a school's members win medals the school grows in rankings it's 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 important for schools to do Mm. it's important for us to have people that want to go compete and win because when they win it builds our school's reputation up you know and that's it's just branding it's marketing it's reputation it's industry it is what it is so i was always encouraged to compete and it was always easy for me to compete because i was solid in my career and i knew that the company i worked for i was safe so even if i got hurt i wasn't in a position where i was going to lose income i wasn't going to lose my job i wasn't going to lose anything i was going to sit on my couch for six months if I broke my arm and heal from it and then go back to work. So I guess it was easy for me to compete because um, financially it was tough. It was expensive, but I was never scared of getting hurt and being out of work or a job. And so that right there is huge because a lot of people today haven't applied themselves long enough to any one job or career. And so they've been bouncing around from job to job and they know that if they get hurt, then they're going to just find a new job and it's yeah. not easy today. And, and you've got to think about a lot of people who are opening themselves up to jujitsu are uh, young people mm-hmm. and, they, and they're probably not very far along in their career because not, not enough time has passed period, not even just in self application but in actual terms of experience and the role they've achieved. So I, I really understand the hesitance when it comes to avoiding um, a potential catastrophic injury. Yeah. You know, get my knee blown out, get yeah. my fucking shoulder ripped out yeah. or something. Just, you know, getting choked unconscious, getting a fucking brain hemorrhage or something tragic like that it's really uh that doesn't happen very often guys that's a worst case scenario so don't i was just gonna i was just gonna say that is that you know we can talk about getting hurt in tournaments and stuff like that but it's really not that common out of a out of a tournament that has three thousand competitors how many people in that tournament actually got hurt to the point where they won't be able to train for six for three to six weeks or longer less than 10 less than 10 for sure right and then, People know their limits, especially, I think, if you, this is an opinion, if you arrive at a competition, you've gathered yourself enough to know, okay, I can push myself this far. And I don't know anyone here that's gotten injured from a competition. Well, and because nobody's actively trying to kill you. Like, it's not, it's, it's, a, it's a match. Yeah. It's not a fight. It's a game. It's a game. And yes, some people get injured, but that's because they're ill-prepared. 
they, they don't understand the positions. They don't understand their body. They don't understand yeah. falling body Maybe weight. Maybe they're unhealthy. Like, they have soda bones. Yeah. Like, like, and then adrenaline kicks in. Um, yeah. That's, I mentioned that's I, crazy. That's what, stuff. Well, I mentioned that on the mat. I always, I always feel like I get kicked in the balls at some point and it doesn't hurt immediately. But as soon as I'm driving home or as soon as I'm in bed that night, I'm like, oh, fuck, what happened? Jeez. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, one of those delayed things because that adrenaline, I got a bunch of adrenaline uh, case in my nads there. <laughs> I got kicked in the nads so hard one day that it literally caused me to go to the bathroom and throw up. That's a that's a serious kick, dude. It what was happened? gnarly. I was... Uh, Breaking somebody's guard, and I broke their guard by standing up. And then instead of them going De La Hiva, they went to an elevator sweep on me. And as I went to go stagger my stance, they were underneath me. They were pretty deep underneath me. And so their heel just came straight Ooh, up and okay. like straight into my uh, into my fun bits. And it like for a second, for like three to five seconds, I was like, oh, that's going to hurt. Yeah, this one really hurt. Mm, mm. Oh my god! And then it didn't hurt. I just felt sick. Like it, the pain didn't kick in until delayed, it and it was nauseous. instantly like nauseous and like, oh, I'm gonna throw up. And so then I like literally ran off of the mat, ran to the restroom, threw up, Jeez. and then the pain set in, and I was just like, oh, oh my god, ice, bring me ice. I don't know if I've ever thrown up from a testicular impact but i believe it because i've almost i don't think Jeez. yeah it happened actually it happened again there was one time it happened but i didn't throw up i got close to it but didn't just the nature of the game sometimes it happens we do our best to stay safe but you know things happen <laughs> and uh we're all stronger from it is there something that always happens that you just can't seem to avoid getting hurt wise in uh, jiu-jitsu yeah like my ego gets hurt every single day i train because okay. i think at least at some point every day i get caught in a triangle i've never uh done that to you so you're welcome no i'm kidding i'm just being hard on myself i actually haven't been caught in a triangle knock on wood for probably since the tournament since that competition that i just was in recently did you, did you get triangled yeah. Oh, how embarrassing. It's, yeah, I know. No Make, wonder. Rub it in. I was just getting over it, too. Yeah, it's fine. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I can go. There's tampons in the bathroom. There it is. It makes you feel better. <laughs> jerk. What a jerk. Um, um, yeah, no, I, uh, I, so actually, kind of we roundhouses and ended up on a different topic. Um, you asked how I balance everything with competitions and stuff and mm -hmm. like my training mm -hmm. and my mm -hmm. competing and everybody else competing. It's hard to balance that. Like I can balance their schedules and all that stuff. But when I try and compete in that same tournament, it's impossible because I have no dedication to myself. My dedication is for all of my students. And so I'm constantly it's focused on all of them. And then all of a sudden I show up to compete and I don't do so well because my mind's not there. My body's not prepared, um, even in leading up to training. I'm not training as much as I should be because my, if I'm training and rolling, I want you to get the better role than I will because I want you to be more prepared for that tournament than I will be. Um, Do you think there is a, a point when you need to dedicate more to yourself to inspire those people you're also dedicating yourself to? Maybe dedicate enough of yourself so they see you as the leader who takes it seriously enough or takes it far enough to where 
he's still giving it his all. I'm going to give my all for him because he's believing in me or dedicating me or supporting me and coaching me as yeah. well. I I did. For, I did. Up until recently, I, and I still kind of have that value and that mindset, but it shifted a little bit. I think that people know what they're capable of or people know like what you can achieve in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. You see the people winning gold medals. You see the people getting into ADCC. You see the guys who are going to have super fights at ADCC. Wild. You know the Gordon Ryans and the Andre Galvao's. Like, we see that. We know what jiu-jitsu can do for some people, but not everybody can get to that level. Um, I think that people can get motivated through individuals like that and you don't have to rely on your coach. Like you don't have to decide to go compete because I go and compete and win gold medals. I could never compete and continue encouraging you to compete because the competition is about you and what you're capable of, not me. So okay. don't compete to impress me and be like me and mm -hmm. try and win gold medals and be like, I'm gonna be like Jason, go compete because you wanna achieve greatness for yourself and if I'm competing, I'm not dedicating 100% of myself to you. And that's why I opened a school, was to give 100% of myself to you. And so now I'm in this mindset where I don't want to really compete anymore. I don't really have the interest. I have the itch. Like, I always want to go and challenge myself and go and compete. When I go to these competitions, I'm like, man, I should be competing out there right now. But the reality is, is maybe that's not my path. My path now, to me has shifted to just dedicating myself to you guys and making sure I give you a hundred percent. Understood. Yeah. I get it. So that explains it. If I ever compete again, I will not be coaching. I will completely shut myself off from coaching students. Mm. And I'll say for the next four months while I'm in this camp or this preparation for worlds, um, I'm going to have another coach running classes and teaching um, so that I can focus 100% on me. Yeah. You know. Right on. Yeah. It's nice to hear that perspective, to like see like how you operate, operate about it. Yeah. You always wonder. I always want to know. Sure. Some it's, people do. Maybe some people don't. They some go, people probably don't even think about it. <laughs> you know? You know, and I was asking too, just like in the context of the competition and as a school, like arriving, you have like your, your, head person or coach and then everyone else competing um when i think of it and this is coming from someone who hasn't even done that so grain of salt um i think of it as like it's like you're uh an army showing up at a battlefield and there's the you know commanding officer that is in the fight with them and they see him or her fight with you know, tenacity and dedication. And it gives them that kind of inspiration where they have that de dedicate themselves right. as well. And I, I think, uh, I romanticize it, uh, in like a hypothetical way or like in a imaginative way like okay. that. And that's kind of where my, uh, like the origin of my question. Cool. <laughs> cool. Bro. Cool. <laughs> cool, bro. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it'd be cool. I like, I mean, I don't want to 
I think it's important for people to compete so that they understand more about themselves and their own abilities. If you talk about from like a per, from a strictly self-defense situation, somebody that comes in our door and says, hey, I want to train jujitsu so that I can learn how to defend myself if I'm ever attacked on the street. You yeah. know, I, I heard that jiu -jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu um, is the number one way to do it. Yeah. Like this is the best martial art you can take to protect yourself. If I was only allowed one way to defend myself, for the rest of my life, I would choose Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Absolutely. Over Muay Thai, over kickboxing, over boxing, over wrestling, you know? Yeah. Which, by the way, we're going to talk about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in a second. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as opposed to just Jiu-Jitsu. But before oh. we get ahead of ourselves, yeah, um, it's about the individual and and learning about themselves and their capabilities. So they come in here and say, I want to learn how to protect myself and stay safe if I'm ever attacked on the street. Great. And they train for three months. And you're like, hey, you should try this competition. And they're like, why would I compete? I'm not here for the sport aspect of this. I'm here so that I can learn how to defend myself. Well, yeah, that's great. But how, how would you ever truly know how to? you're going to react if you've never been in a situation like a real fight? And I'm not saying that you're going to go out there and do jiu-jitsu and get in a real fight, but the adrenaline, the emotions, the, the adrenaline dump, the environment, the setting, it's like a real fight. It's a fight or flight response. And so when you go out there, compete, you learn about how your body reacts and what your um, muscle memory is like when you're going through the nuances of these techniques and stuff like that. And so you either freeze up and you ball up and you realize that all the jiu-jitsu you thought you were killer with on the mats that you train at in your school, all of a sudden you get smashed and worked because you didn't react properly. I'd love to find um, out. <laughs> and so, but if, let's say you did that, let's say you, you're afraid to lose. Wouldn't you rather lose in a setting like that where it's controlled and there's a ref to stop it and you can tap and let that person stop as opposed to being in Lompoc, walk into your car and then some dude come try and jump you? And you realize, oh man, I know jujitsu for two years. I've been training, but I balled up. It froze. I didn't. I couldn't click it. Yeah. You know. So I think that a tournament is like real life. It puts you in that environment where you have to respond and you have to learn about that that um, situation. I armbarred someone in the beer section of Food Scout with Lompoc once. Did you? Yeah. That's, did they give you some, did they buy your groceries for you? They fucking should have. They should have. Right. So I'm assuming they didn't. No, I just uh, left with this girlfriend instead. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> no. um, but yeah, like, uh, so there's a, I'm just saying. Yeah. Anyhow. I've, I've had, I've had to use it. It's worked. Good. So. Well, then you know about yourself. So I don't need to compete, bro. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Excuses. That's just excuses. Yeah. You know um, what? You, everybody I, should compete that's at a least really, once. I think a really enlightening point to say, wouldn't you rather lose in a controlled environment than a Wild West environment like that? Sure. I think that uh, that gives me a perspective mm -hmm. because you said that. I may have came to that conclusion independently, but I don't think I've considered it like that. So yeah. thanks for saying that. Sure. Because you're right, I would much rather lose in a uniform than, you know, in my fucking pajamas in front of my car. Yeah. <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt, but in my opinion, there's three big things that are going to cause injuries in a tournament. One of them being your own ego. <laughs> I'm not going to tap to this. I'm not going to. No, 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 no. Like, it's not there yet. I'm going to escape. I want to win. And all of a sudden, it's just too late. So your own ego can get in the way. 
The other one is you have um, uncontrolled falling body weight, meaning the person didn't know enough about the mechanics of the technique that they were trying to do or the takedown that they were trying to do, something like that. And so uncontrolled falling body weight, that's typically another big injury in jiu-jitsu. The third one is waiting too long to see what the hell is going to happen. So like, uh, which is almost like ego too. It's almost like ego, right? You, it, it, they're they're the same two sides of the same coin, I mm -hmm. think. Because you're like, hmm, maybe I can get out of the oh fuck. Yeah, yeah, and especially at early levels because it yeah. goes back to the whole understanding the mechanics yeah. of the technique and stuff. If somebody's on top of you and mount, and you're like, oh, I'm so tired, so I'm just gonna breathe here for a second. They have my arm, but they're not trying to do anything with it. Let me see where this goes while I rest. And then all of a sudden that person, not knowing how slight of an adjustment they need to make to get the finish, yeah. they just crank it. And then you're ah. like, ouch. So those I, are three, but the tournaments have insurance. I've, like, been, I've been victim to all three. I've I been bet. victim to Ego, uh, this guy uh, G at my last school yep. armbarred me and I wouldn't let go. And it was like a straight arm lock too from bottom and pot just went just popped all in there and he was like oh. uh, what the and the fuck coach was like doing, oh, why did, he was like why did you tap and i was like i didn't think you had it you know um and then same school my buddy landon got me in a body triangle and was and like cranked it and it was like my back oh. like i already have like a slip disc and he just made it so much worse and i didn't tap because i was like i'm not fucking tapping to a a body lock mm -hmm. from a white belt and it was my stupid ego because it was like oh i was a white belt just a few months ago with him so why would i fucking ever have that ego and then uncontrolled falling body weight with my fingers constantly mm. just wrist locking myself yeah you know someone landing on my nuts right trying all, to frame above. Trying yeah, to create exactly. little frames or and another one over. is uh, this doesn't happen anymore but when uh, you're framing and you have your elbow on the mat and you wrist lock yourself mm -hmm. yeah yeah. You're like, oh yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> I remember those days. Those were princess days. It's just don't be a princess. Yeah. Don't hold your hands out like a princess. Yeah. Or yeah, princess. That's a nice way of saying it. Yeah. I just thought about that right now. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's good shit, dude. It's good stuff. Cat's here with food. Hi cat. Hi cat. How you doing? Good. How are you? She's doing great. She has a French fry. Look at that. <laughs> French fries. Oh she did my not get us God. double doubles fries and uh, milkshakes. That is not what what's an happening. Angel, here. you got us two salads, two? no dressing, mm -hmm. low cal tofu, quinoa, what is quinoa. Sweet, huh? <laughs> Thank you so much. Quinoa. I think I'm thinking about getting a tattoo. Uh, of what? Is it going to be any better than the rest? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to re. I'm going to. I'm going to recreate the old CD. Uh, CD motor. Tattoo gun and yeah. I'm gonna tattoo vegan on my ankle. I, I forgot we had that conversation on the last one. We did. Right? It was so much funny. Shit. Listening well, back on it. You're leaving already? She got some food. You know what? Let's pause and eat too. You wanna pause and eat? I'll, you know, I'll no hold on, I'll pause and eat when Kat comes over us. here and says hello. Alright, come on. Come over here, Kat. Come on. Kat, I wanna come eat here. Kat. Get over Kat, here. Where the get fuck are here. you going? No. Oh my god. She won't do it. Alright, let's eat. Alright. Hey folks, if you're looking for a comedy podcast fix, look no further than the brand new podcast, Green Eggs and Man. 
Co-hosts Wes and Adam do a comedic deep dive into the Dr. Seuss classic Green Eggs and Ham and try to figure out if the content is appropriate for Adam's baby on the way. Each week, they read a single page and try to come up with theories about how it could all be connected. Sometimes they talk about Star Trek, sometimes they talk about religion, sometimes they get visited by a haunted ghost girl. It's all on the table, folks. New episodes come out on Tuesdays until the book is finished, so tune in to see if Wes and Adam eat the green eggs and ham, or if the green eggs and ham eat them. Oh, man, the food, like, just inst- instantly gave me, I feel more vitality. I feel more tired. Feel more tired? Yeah, the milkshake I didn't drink. The, you, did you, you didn't drink it? I'm still drinking There's it. There's no milkshake here. I don't know what you're talking about. There's never a milkshake or a cheeseburger in this building. There's no evidence of it anymore. Fucking scarfing those things. Mm. Yep. No, that milkshake's bomb. I'm going into a food coma now. Sorry, guys. I'm just going to be quiet. I'm going to sit here in awkward silence. <laughs> it can't It can't be any worse than our zapped energy after the, the, the fucking... You know, I was thinking about that. Our energy's been a little bit low well, today you know in this recording. But, but I liked it, though, because I felt like there was like a more cerebral interaction it wasn't like a full body convulsion okay we're good i like it so so now we can like crank it up a little all right turn it up a little we got a little we got some sugar and protein in us i do have a little bit of sugar in me right now from that non-milkshake yeah yeah good stuff dude i don't even remember what we were talking about yeah that's okay we're just keeping it moving pick it up where we didn't leave off yeah um, I like your shirt, dude. You do? Uh, I got it from Spencer's Gifts in the mall. Nice. Like years ago. Is Spencer's even around anymore? Yeah. It's like Hot Topic, right? Well. It's kind of like the same store, same type Well, deal. yeah, I think Hot Topic has like more of like a alternative pop culture uh, kind of th- okay. bend to it. Okay. Like I think Hot Topic is a lot more mainstream because they have a lot more like, like, anime and like kids or uh, adult animation shows and then like oh. they have like comic book stuff there so they've kind of branched out they okay. still have all the band shirts and like the weirdo mall goth like bracelet bullshit but that's what i remember hot topic being was like weird goth mall or like mall goth type yeah. shit yeah and i used to i used to go there and i would shop from there and i probably to this day have a couple shirts that uh don't fit me anymore and kylie wears but yeah, I used to go to Hot Topic all the time. Nice. I yeah. I remember uh, going in there just to like kind of joke around and look at the novelties. Yeah, because they well, had a bunch of like novelty That's fun like things and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, maybe it was Spencer's. Spencer's is the one Spencer's that had like, the, like the, that, the fake shit, and then they had the dildos in the back. Yeah, yeah, and yeah They yeah. still have all those things. Yeah. Okay, so we would go into there just for the just for the laughs. Yeah. And then um, what Hot Topic story? was the one that we would just kind of pop into every once in a while because. For whatever reason, I think there was a time in our life that the clothing style was all like metal militia and yeah. um, stuff like that, and we were kind of in that phase. Yeah, I mean, I I'm going through like a gear transition right now. What no. kind of gear are you going into, and what kind of gear are you leaving? Getting off the Diana ball, going to Tren Trembolon. <laughs> yeah, you steroid <laughs> raging man. Oh. Um, can I get some? The fucking a. It's gonna cost you. Um, what I think I, I, I because it's like working with Kai and everything, and being kind of having to 
Have are you growing up? Blue collar. Well, you know are what? Are you growing he, up? Dallas? Shut the fuck up. Dallas is oh growing up. God. Oh. This is the same shit I hear from my mom. You're like a fucking. She's like, sweetheart, I'm so proud of you. You're coming home in your Levi jeans with your flannel. Yeah. Well, and no, your here's, baseball the thing. here's the thing. Hat. Here's the thing. I've worn all of these things intermediately or intermittently, if you will, for years. Uh-huh. I remember a couple years ago, uh, <laughs> yeah. back in like 2016, uh, maybe 2017, uh-huh. I was going to move to Tennessee with Kylie and I was kind of, I felt like the like, oh, the like southerner, like felt ranch vibe. vibe. I was like, yes. Felt in the little country. It. And it's, and it was just like seeping into me. And you, know, I think what started it too is uh, I was listening to a podcast and this country musician came on. Um sturgill simpson mm-hmm. and i fucking love him and it just like opened my mind to like oh there's some really cool country out there yeah there's some really cool music and there's some really cool like americana and and people and and it's so funny because i saw uh of all things a tiktok recently of this um this like goth chick or this emo chick and it was like why did me and these fucking like hicks and rednecks always hate each other in high school because we both don't like pop culture we don't it was like it was like saying all these similarities i wish i could remember it right now but you know between the milkshake and teabagging that we had earlier i have no fucking that was you to me by the way if we're clear on that's that. why I, I I wasn't gonna say it. I wasn't gonna say it. But also, you can kick me in the face. I pretty still good. think I have indents on my forehead from it. You do. It looks like you look like a fucking uh, Ali Abdel Abdelaziz. Not nice. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, um. I oh, no. Seriously, that's why I can't shave my head. Is I have a funky shaped head. When I was a when I was a kid, my sister threw a hunk of asphalt and like just bashed the top of my skull in, and uh. there's just like this. It feels all dented right here to this day. I'm ugly. Well, you don't have to shave your head because you have a nice set of hair. You have a nice head of hair. Yeah, but, dude, I'm 26. It's going to go. It's going to go. It's not going to go. It's going to go eventually. That's your genes, dude. Is your dad bald? Yep. I mean, he's balding. Yeah, he's, you know, super receding hairline. Got the solar panel in the back. Maybe you can make something cool out of it with a tattoo. Well, you know what? I would do that. I'd get a head tattoo. Yeah. Maybe you can do that. I wouldn't get a face or a neck tattoo, but like a, a skull, like a scalp area tattoo. Can we fucking close these? These people walking by are stressing me out. I keep seeing them. <laughs> yeah, I keep seeing the reflections. Yeah, behind. close it up. Is this I, tripping you out? Yeah, yeah I, I can see it be a little sketchy. Who's that guy? He's, got a, got a, he's got a Venom shirt. Yeah, ooh. Ooh, he's looking for a fight. Yeah, he's got the new UFC kit on. Um, he's really good at doing triangles. <laughs> <laughs> I love when people come in and they're like... Uh, Oh, yeah, I heard about your jiu-jitsu school. I want to come and check it out. Like, great. Who'd you hear about us from? And then they can't remember who told them. But uh, I'm like, well, have you trained jiu-jitsu before? And they're like, yeah, I used to train a while ago. You know, I used to roll. And uh, I'm really good at doing, like, triangles. Um, I'd like to get back into training. And I'm. so what you're telling me is you've never trained before? <laughs> that's, what I've, that's what I've gotten out of that message. Yeah. Uh, people don't realize... You can, we people can just see through people's bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, I can also see through a tap out t shirt. Yeah, who the fuck wears those that actually rolls? You have to be in your 40s and look like 
you've gone through a couple steroid cycles for me to even think you know shit about shit if you're wearing a tap out shirt. Rich Franklin, Chuck Liddell. I think those two guys can wear tap out. Like if I saw either of those two guys on the street. Chris (laughs) Lieben. Chris Lieben. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. It's funny you mention all those people because I just met John Hackleman the other day. I just shook his hand. Didn't really meet him, you know. So I was like, you're John Hackleman. He's like, yeah, what's up? And I was like, I love what you do, dude. You know, keep, you know, because he still has the pit up there and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, was that John Hackleman or John Hackleman Jr.? No, no, it was Hackleman. I don't even know who Hackleman Jr. is or what looks like. I couldn't even, but it, it was Hackleman. Mm. He was doing a, a self-defense class at the uh, village vendor market or something. Oh, cool. It was all for the... Uh, Support for a uh, Kristen Smart Justice or right Kristen on. Smart up there. Right on, that's cool. And uh, I'm I'm really good friends with uh, Chris Lambert, the guy who did the uh, Your Own Backyard podcast, which pretty much blew that case wide open. So we were visiting there, and he was walking through there, and I was like, "Holy shit, that was pretty cool." Yeah, to like not be not be starstruck, but like ah, you know, local guy, you yeah. know. You know, Glover Teixeira, Chuck mm-hmm. Liddell, I think Tim Kennedy at one point. Yeah. Get <coughs> your fucking COVID shit out of here. <coughs> you kidding me with that? Uh, <coughs> well, <laughs> I'm gonna, I could say a lot more things right now, but I won't. I see somebody walking around town in Solvain quite frequently, and uh, he's a celebrity. He looks like Jesus. Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, 100%. I met him. Very nice guy. Did you meet him? Yeah. I, yeah, I know him. I mean, I, I don't know him. That sounds so stupid. I met him and spoke with him. And he actually, um, my mom met him recently. He was at her company's uh, yard getting some tractors. Wow. For his, I'm assuming his house that he's doing work on or something. Ranch or something. Yeah. <clears throat> he was just sitting over here the other day. Oh. Just saw him chilling right outside over there, hanging out. Trip. Probably reading, doing some script work or something like that. Hmm. Um, interesting, though. Yeah. I'm curious who it is. Let me write it down. Hold on. Yeah, write a it piece down. Of paper. I want to see if we're talking about the same person. He, uh, there's a case. There's. A, a, I'm not going to talk more about him on air, but yeah, there's... See if you can name it right. No. 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 Oh, oh okay. Oh shit. Not even that guy. All no. Right. Oh, here I won't even be able to spell his name, dude. Oh, it's, you said Jesus, right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we're talking about two different people. That's so. Funny. Totally talking about two different people. Oh wow. How fun. Well, that's the guy I met, and he's nice, and my mom met him. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna spell it the way I think it's spelled, but. Yeah. Just do it phonetically. I know you can't spell. Oh, yeah, him too. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny because he just got, uh, he was just staying where uh, Kylie works. Okay. How funny. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I didn't know he looks like Jesus right now. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> he, he's back. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, anyways, good stuff. Dude, how, that was a good roll. Good roll. 
I uh, appreciate you beating me up. I'm sorry I was a little bit broken today. I felt I felt glassy today. I mean, it was like I Dude, trained we, a little we, bit this morning. You, and- you th- went way hard last night, and like I was like, I can't fucking believe I'm getting up and rolling today after last night. Like we didn't go terribly hard, but we were doing a little combat jujitsu, and I felt like I was. I know when I went a little too far because I can't get to sleep. Like, I have a hard time getting to sleep after, like, intense rolls. Okay. So, like, when I go home, I'm, like, laying in bed, and I cannot, like, like adjust my bones. Okay. You know what I mean? They're, like, all, like... Yeah. I need to, like, do a whole body cracking. Yeah, yeah, I can see. I, so, I, I, do, I so take, we I take no hard. offense for you, you know, Good. taking it easy on me. Because I did take it pretty hard on... I did pretty go pretty hard on uh, David last night, too. I went He's hard a better on, man for it. I went hard. He is a better man for it. That's why I did it. I did I it so jealous. that he would stop using strength. The reason I kept going was because, uh, A, he kept getting upset at himself and vocalizing that uh, externally. And It's just how some people express themselves, Jason. <laughs> don't express yourself that way. You don't have who who who, wow. who let this you isn't to a safe think space, guys. you have the freedom to express yourself that way. This is <laughs> California. You don't have the freedom to express yourself. When, sometimes when I'm skateboarding, I'll be with someone and they'll get very frustrated and they'll go, ah! you know, and there are they'll like throw their skateboard or kind of freak out. Oh, I love that. They get mad because they didn't pull off a trick, yeah, so they yeah. just slam their skateboard on the ground and Some, break it. Well, sometimes. It's after a battle. They're doing it for a very long time. It, they coming. They're coming close. They make a casual mistake. Things like that. Look, it's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've had, you know, things you've interfaced with before where you had to do that. I just look at it like that. When, it, when people are upset, I go, I've been there. I, I've broken my own skateboard many times, like yeah. a fucking little cunt. Right. You've just been spoiled about it, and just like ah, you know, a little temper tantrum. Right. And I've. I wish I would have never broken a single skateboard intentionally that I've ever broken in my life because I could not afford them. <laughs> sure. I think, I think stuff like that is a little different. I think that, uh, it's the same, but it's a little different. I, I under, yeah, I know, I know. I, I wanted to put that out. Like maybe it's comparable. Yeah, it's definitely comparable. I mean, I, cause I used to, like, we had that conversation uh, where I told you I used to skateboard growing up, yeah, you know, and I, I've done that too. I've gotten frustrated because I couldn't pull something off, and after trying, you know, for hours on end, you get frustrated and you just. Here's where I think it's different. Where it uh, veers is, they're both individual journeys, but only one of them has the component of a training partner. Yeah. So I think that reaction kind of lends um, like an unspoken commentary to the person you were just training with. Right. Kind of, if someone does that, I'm kind of like, oh, did I piss them off? Should I not have done that? Should I not have been doing well at something? So I I get kind of like, oh, um, Sorry, I did well. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I I don't I didn't mean to do just good enough that you're upset. I don't want to upset someone. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I definitely want to strangle you or you know yeah. arm or armbar someone or you should want to. But I don't I don't want to 
upset someone. But either. this is this is coming from a completely coach's coach's stance, coach's okay. well, dad's stance, whatever. I'm, I'm no coach, so I'll uh, let it rip. Well, like so, it, you, we talk about getting frustrated at skateboarding, right? Yeah. So you you do a run, right? You go to the skate park and you have your little run that you're gonna that you're gonna go into, mm-hmm. um, or let's say you're just trying. You're just trying to land this trick. Yeah. You want to do whatever ollie onto the rail and crooked nose mm-hmm. slide with yeah. a 360 flip exit. Yeah. You know, or mm-hmm. if that's even real. Yeah. Um, Trick to grind, <clears throat> three flip out. Totally right. real. So trick. you're getting everything but the exit. You just can't land the 360 flip. Yeah. Right. And, and it's a hard time trick. and time again, everything else is perfect. The 360 kick flip out. You can't land it. And then all of a sudden, after an hour of trying it, you get frustrated the last time you throw your skateboard down and break it. The mechanics are exactly the same. So you're doing everything until the very end, and you, the mechanics don't change. So it's not the situation that's changing your environment. It's the fact that you can't do that one thing that's causing you to not be able to pull it off. Mm-hmm. Um, with jujitsu, in a role like that, there's no objective. Your objective is to get a submission, but there's no one submission you're trying to get. You're rolling around fluidly, and through that, there's a message. There's there's learning through all those movements. And so, every time you get submitted and you get upset at yourself, you're losing the mess. You're 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 missing the message. Um, it wasn't. He wasn't. His job was not supposed to submit me. He didn't have a role. You know, Joe didn't have a role last night. Mm-hmm. Steve didn't have a role last night. Yeah. Um, the the job was to roll that's it let's train and do what we do but you know like i think there's different messages that you pick up in a role and in training and if you're constantly shutting yourself down and hitting the mat and oh 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 and getting frustrated at yourself you're missing some key things i think that you just need to accept the the moment and enjoy it like Dang, that was cool. I could have learned. I learned from that instead of getting frustrated at yourself that you got tapped out. Yeah. I, don't know. I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Deeper. I hear what you're saying. So, could it, could it be possible that he is receiving all of those things, and that's just his process? Yeah, it's 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 is the emoting that way. Mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm not saying like. You know, I'm not talking ill on any individual for doing that. I'm just saying, just it's kind of don't do it. Like con- <laughs> yeah. Con- yeah. control control your emotions. Yeah, ha- yeah, I get it. Like yeah. don't don't outward don't outwardly thing, vocalize a- it and you know slam your hands on the mat or say you're upset. Like yeah, everyone nobody wants to get tapped. Like nobody ever wants to get submitted. I, I like to get no, submitted. No, when, you, so when that, you choked me earlier, I was like, fuck, man, fucker. that was a that was a that was humbling. Yeah, I know, but you didn't want that. No. But you didn't get upset that it happened after no. you didn't I have mean, a, a conniption fit. I, you're not su- that anybody has a conniption to, you're fit. You're supposed to submit me. You're a brown belt. I'm not. It's not new when I get submitted by you. It's You're supposed to submit uh, me because I teach you shit, and you should be able to use it. Yeah, you know. submit me. So I mean, I try. Yeah. What? There was something recently. I can't remember what it is. Move on. Moving on. Moving on. So it was a good roll. It was a fun roll. It was a fun roll. My hand was a little bit banged up. 
that was an interesting thing that happened in my hand, rolling it in the Toriando pass, getting it trapped in and rolling on top of it. Felt like I busted all my fingers. And then I just have a That's nice little brutal. fracture want, on the you outside. you want some CBD to put on it right now? I'm good right now. Okay. Yeah. I I mean, after we're done with the podcast, I'll put some CBD on it or something. Right on. I have that really good high-dose freeze CBDMD oh, sweet. roll-on stuff. Oh, yeah. I carry it with me everywhere. Heck, yeah. It's the only reason I got to sleep last night. All right. It's thanks to you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Actually, honestly, it might have been Carlin fucking laying on top of me. Yeah. Yeah. You you can't tell how big Carlin is, and then he's on top of you, and you go, fuck. He's, he's a big dude. He's a big guy. He's a he? big dude. He's got big legs. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Soccer. Soccer. That That's what, man I mean, my big legs soccer. come from skateboarding. That's why I have, you know, calves like a fat woman. <laughs> he's looking at him like Jesus I don't know what to say about that I don't think you do Yeah, I think you have nice legs Babe God look at these knees Are you sure it was, yeah, look was at it more than knees, just teabagging Those are <laughs> Those are gnarly Look at my knees I can't they're, just, they're all bandaged up dude Exactly they're bandaged Looks up Looks like you got a hickey on your ankle though that, dude, I had that. So when I was a little kid, I used to surf, and I had my winter suit on, and my winter suit was rubbing down here, and there was sand, and ever oh. since then, I've had it. Really? Yeah. That's always there? Always there. Do you wear spats? I wore them today, but I don't typically wear them. Okay. Because when I do wear them, I'll start to break out. Yeah. I. That's. Oh, God. I know. I used to break out on my thighs a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, spats was never a, a go-to. I yeah. own them somewhere, yeah, but not a fan. If I'm going to train Nogi and I know that I'm going home right after so that I can shower, Maybe then for sure I'll, I'll throw them on and go right home and shower after. But typically, like if I'm going to do a Nogi class and I'm going to be at the school for five hours after that Nogi class, I'm not going to wear spats because for some reason or another, I start to break out my legs. Yeah. So it's really weird. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, but, what a strange place to have acne. Right. It's like my legs are 13 and 14 again. Totally. <laughs> I'm glad I'm kind of glad to hear that I'm not the only one. It's not fun when I'm taking a shit and I have to pop zits too, dude. <laughs> like sit Right? <laughs> you know? Did can you believe they made that a freaking app? Like a, a a zip popping app? There's a zip popping app? <laughs> That's yeah, there's like a app that you can like <laughs> uh I saw it years ago though. So I don't even know if it is. Talk to me. It's weird, dude. I think it's gross to even talk about. Well, you, you're gross to listen to talk, so just let her rip. Yeah, I know, man. I'm, <laughs> all right, I'll talk. Zip popping. Hold on. I'm on it, dude. Like, I, fucking, I watch Dr. Pimple Popper all the time. Do I, you really? Yeah. Oh, I love it, dude. Oh. I can't fucking get enough of it. You know how we were talking about like watching those those animal killing videos uh-huh. and then like uh-huh. tapping into that like... That like whoa, that shark brain shit. Like yeah. there was some I, something just over the last couple months has just like pushed me into this whole nother realm of like I need to see the brutality. You know. Okay. I don't know. Like fuck maybe that you should coyote, just dude. maybe you should do instead of sober October you should do like no social media. <laughs> November. November. Um, I, that's always always in uh, in my mind on my mind is doing less social media. Yeah. And I think if I didn't have the podcasts, um, 
I wouldn't have social media. Okay. If I didn't want to be a comedian, like career wise, you almost have to use it as a platform for what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, have Instagram for the gym because that, because of that, it's a marketing. Yeah. I don't want Instagram. I don't like social media. I think it's, I think it's toxic. Also, there are some people that if I lost communication with, um, because I just wasn't on social media, my heart would be broken. Sure. It, it, it would break my heart to not have these friends across country that I still keep in touch with. Yeah. Like my buddy, Sean Felix in Arizona, my buddy, Colby Bystrom in Colorado, you know, like my buddy Aiden in Washington, like these people yeah. are important to me. I yeah, only yeah. have guy friends because you know, that's what happens when you're in a long-term relationship, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, there's definitely, I think there's definitely some benefits to having social media and stuff like that. But at the same time today, it's just gotten out of control. It's not even about, you know, that's like in the, that's like the excuse. That's the fallback. Oh, well, I have important people that I would late to lose contact with. And that's a real thing. Yeah. But it's it's like now also, it's a fallback. I, it's, yeah. You don't you don't well, have Facebook to keep in touch with Jason, those people. Jason, I also like sharing my extremist views content on there, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Is it this thing? Pimple popping app where you pop zits like a game? Yeah, it's How are you grossing out? It's well, fake. That's like oh, fake. That's like cartoon it's looking like a stuff, worm like, coming out of it. Yeah, dude. I have one of those tools. Do you, we has one of those in the house. I, I use it to get earwax out of my ear. It works so much better as an earwax uh, remover than a fucking pimple This conversation popper. is gross. Yeah. We're moving on. <laughs> He's tapping on. I made him tap to a conversation. What a I tap to the conversation. Just like a little, little, little one. What's up, Dallas? Uh, I just finished that milkshake. That's what's up. Um, yeah, well, um, I don't know, dude. Talk to me. What do I need to be better at or suck less at? Or like when you roll with me, it's a conversation we're having. What are, what's my vocabulary like? When you steamroll, yeah, you put people in a position where they suck. They have to react, and their reacts are like nonstop because you don't stop. So when you when you push forward, yeah, that person will move backwards. They have to forward like pressure. You have I, that's so just my much. well. That's just my mentality because uh, I think in terms of MMA. Yeah, I'm not thinking in terms of jujitsu. I'm thinking <clears throat> in terms of MMA. When I'm watching people, you need to have that forward pressure. You need to make people yes, you know, totally. make mistakes like that. So when you're doing that, think of think of yourself as a big boulder rolling down a hill that's the size of my truck. Yeah, and you trying to stop it, like holding your hands out in front of it like this. I'm not looking, for, I'm not looking for a compliment. I'm complimenting you. Oh, okay. You did ask for that. You asked for I what asked you're for, doing well no, and what no, you're I doing for, shitty. Tell me what I'm not doing well. Um, but I guess the, I guess but, you have so to have like, both to understand. Well, so yeah, exactly. So I'm telling you what you do well because you're not fucking doing it. When you do it, it works. So when you steamroll and you bulldoze and you just come forward, mm -hmm. um, that works really well and it puts you in a really good position. But yeah. you don't do that enough. You're too nice. I am. It's, you're, it's, you're too it's nice. so funny. I am. I think about it all the time. I'll be sitting there in the shower like... You know, washing my stinky butthole, and I'm like, why do I fucking suck? Yeah, at being like not turning up like the crudeness, rudeness level. I think that's the only reason I got those two submissions early when I got here last night. You went for it, right? Well, yeah, I went for it, and I was like there, like mentally, because like I told you, so I have to be kind of goal oriented when I roll with people to kind of succeed in like a tapping, uh, in like a submission only type of uh, exchange. You know, like uh, before it used to be like, oh, I have to, you know, imagine myself in my uh, late brother-in-law's position where it's like, oh, he, 
needs to fight for air and live and I want to fight for air and live and it's like a life or death situation. Sometimes I think about um, Tim Kennedy's message like, oh, be the hardest person to kill. Like someone may kill you, but make sure it's the hardest thing they ever have to do, hardest person they ever have to kill in your life. So kind of think of it like that. And then I, like I said, another fucking roadkill circling back to the other episode um, was driving. I was driving down Clark Avenue in Orchid and there was a fucking someone's dog like domestic dog sweet puppy dog you know pretty big size dog but it was fucking massacred like splattered open in orchid and it was like oh shit like that was hard to see it sucks seeing like a you know domestic animal like it's one thing if you like you see like a dead animal and they're intact like we see dead deer driving here all the time going from town to town well whatever it's like oh that sucks but when you see someone's like puppy that has a name and you know like has yeah. a, had a personality and it's fucking brutalized like that oh it put me in like this weird headspace where i was already kind of like flirting with that kind of goriness uh mentally speaking you know to, you know watching more violent shit just having to need it you know watching those animal kill videos before you get into the class you know in jujitsu and so i was like i had to think of it like Oh my God, these people are going to kill my dog. They're going to hurt my dog if I don't finish them first. You know what I mean? So I like put myself there and then it kind of like slowly like calmed down and. Okay. Died down. Like when you were choking me earlier, you almost had that like bulldog choke, you know, that side choke. I had to really sit there and think about like, what would I have to do to make sure this person doesn't kill my dog? Got it. Defend, you know i don't have a kid so it's my dog yeah you know it's probably way different rolling with dads is different they'll fuck you up and not even think twice about it my buddy uh i was talking uh jason bryson he's gonna be on my podcast uh i was talking to him last week and he's saying like oh dude it's it's totally different when you have a kid like you can the thought of like murdering someone is like so second nature it's like you, you don't even question it like if someone ever hurt my kid i'd fucking kill them period you just like graduate to that upper echelon i wonder <laughs> like um so it's hard i'm not too nice you're right i'm too nice man you're too nice you're too nice that's an interesting i wouldn't i mean i don't think about that kind of stuff when i'm on the mat like i don't even think about that stuff when i'm competing i know and i know that exists right so you there's guys that go out there and compete and like they have to hate the person that they're going to compete against they have to like envision that person you know doing evil shit that's and, like, their mental game plan. like oh that, that that dude just you know was talking shit to my kid or you know hurt my son or dude well, i'm a, uh, like ooh, now it's on uh, <clears throat> i don't think i ever really thought that way uh definitely never thought that way in training like you know, I'm going to envision this person as a punk so that I can like do what I need to do. And I don't want to treat someone that I, that is my training partner as a villain either. Yeah. So it's hard to reconcile those emotions, but I'm also nice enough to where I can kind of like keep it at like a, you know, like a friendly operating level defense. Yeah. If I, if why do you train jiu-jitsu? Why, like, why do you jiu-jitsu? why do you specifically train jiu-jitsu? Look good naked. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. If that, I mean, if if that, that's if your that was the goal, if that was the goal, I should have quit a long time ago because I still look like curdled milk. Or you just work harder. Oh God, you one of those? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Um, 
Uh, I train jujitsu so uh, when someone tries to kill me, I am the hardest person they ever have to kill. Okay, maybe that was the first. Maybe that's why you started training jujitsu. Mm. Why do you still train jujitsu? Um, cause I, I don't know. I don't fucking know. Okay. That's a good question. I don't have an immediate answer. Think about it. Don't give me any immediate answer. Just think about it. And then when you know an answer, give it to me. But not today. Maybe on the next podcast. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what I fucking drink. That's a great question. You know what? I, I don't even need to think about it. It's improved so many components of my life that it would be a crime to personhood to no longer have it. To no longer... Be disciplined it's why like uh, a lot of people give up on certain hobbies because they're self-serving but they're not you know they're not soul-serving too yeah jujitsu is like it helps my mental health physical health and gives me confidence and i can defend myself it's this fucking swiss army knife it's this beautiful energy right yeah it's like almost all-encompassing positive energy that like even though it's a martial art and it's a self-defense and it can be used to do brutal things it's not used to do brutal things it's used to heal people and heal the soul right and so i think that most people when you have a connection with jujitsu because there's people that don't connect with jujitsu that's the real thing um but many many people that try it connect with it and i think because it's good for your soul and so that's something that people receive early on because of the benefits and the qualities and the state of mind it puts you in that state of mind is everything i feel like that's that's obtained because there's challenges that you're walking through in one jiu-jitsu class just a basic jiu-jitsu class if it's a good class held by a good professor or instructor you're going to get challenged in three different ways um but uh You know, it's it's rewarding and you do it because it's good for the soul. It's good for you. And so going back to that whole like envisioning, uh, oh, this dude, you know, he, he hurt my son or he, he's, mm-hmm. he, oh, he slapped my girl on the butt or like, yeah. oh, he's ch-, like, so basically, you know, jujitsu is good for your soul. And what you're doing is you're now taking toxic energy and pulling it into this beautiful, positive thing that makes you better yeah so and that's like the the there's, spiritual healing side like okay, I mean, that's okay. the way that's the way i, I, I see was it. gonna say there's i don't know if you mean it's wrong to take the toxins into the role like that or if you're saying oh it's good because you're transforming those toxic thoughts into therapy into for, physical so therapy for me for me i think it's a negative okay. for, for me i think it's a negative to choose to grab something negative and use it as fuel to better yourself like in that context so like using using hate and and negative energy to do jujitsu when ultimately jujitsu makes you better yeah, jujitsu for me is healing, and so mm. I uh, clearly the other day um, Chuck and I were rolling. Yeah, clearly hand my brace, physical knee state, brace, yeah. my knee brace, my hand, my this, my that. Jujitsu is healing. I was wearing a blindfold the other day. Yeah, and you guys are in some kinky shit. We're in some weird stuff. 
I was wearing a blindfold the other day and it was super fun and I was rolling with Chuck and he wasn't blindfolded. And so then the next day we come in to train because that night he was like, Hey, let me try that blindfold. So he put it on and he rolled with me from, we rolled for again about another 20 minutes after. Yeah. So then we were like, dude, we should come in tomorrow. It was over a weekend on Sunday or something like that. We'll train early in the morning Mm -hmm. with blindfolds on. And then after we'll do some Hicks and Gracie breathing techniques and we'll just get into a meditative state. And I was like, all right, cool. And that's what we did. We didn't do any of the breathing techniques. We just trained because here's what happened. We showed up, we put blindfolds on and we started with like a flow roll, just like a slow like feel it out, get your grips, touch this, you know, move your arms over, trying to figure out where you are and warm up with the flow roll that way. Um, we ended up rolling for about an hour straight and not either, neither of us tapped each other. Neither of us stopped for water. Neither of us stopped to pause and reset our positions. We just rolled straight through. It felt like we were training for 15 minutes. Yeah. So when we stopped, we stopped to kind of like reset and reassess and fix everything. And then we look at the clock and we realized it had been an hour for like real. And then he was telling me about an arm bar that I had him in. I don't remember having him in an arm bar. Yeah, you were blindfolded. Yeah. I was blindfolded. I don't remember. But like, so the mechanics of my body and moving into those submissions, I didn't know I was doing it. I was meditating while I'm training. There's second nature. Second nature. And it's like, that's healing. That's spiritual. And so I can do that because I use jujitsu in a positive influence. So now had I gone into that mindset and I rolled with Chuck and put the blindfold on and said, oh, this motherfucker, he slapped my girl's ass. I'm a, like, oh, I'm going to just yeah. bring all this rage into this blindfolded role right now. I'm not going to get the benefits of that like spiritual meditation. I'm kind of weird with jujitsu. That's not, not weird. Not everybody is like that. I mean, that, the but, blindfold's weird. You guys are yeah, really cute. And, but, but so I think, like, long short story long. Just kidding, Chuck. Um, it's 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 a beautiful thing. Like you can use jujitsu to create so much positivity in your life, and through those moments, you get better. Like when you're done rolling, dude. Me and Chuck were both like almost high. Yeah, like, dude. I know this is where insane. you're coming from. Yeah. yeah. I, I know where you're coming from. When you you expel that certain, it's like the driving home sometimes from jujitsu. It's like I'm sitting there fucking tripping in my car. It's like a whole other experience when you get that weird adrenaline exercise, cortisol high, cortisol, cortisone. I don't know, one of them. The one your body produces. Uh, <laughs> What's dopamine? Dopamine. Dopamine. Yeah, dopamine. That's one of them. Serotonin, oxytocin, all those things. Mm-hmm. You get this fucking cocktail of like, it, it, it's, it, it's really something else. Yeah. So you can like, you can go through your whole life training jujitsu and not do it for that reason or not ever experience that. Yeah. But I think the ones that have experienced that or that use jujitsu for that purpose I don't need rage in my, I don't need rage in my roles. Yeah. Well, I don't well, need to hate you. That's what I'm saying is I don't, I don't rage. Like you said, I'm too nice. Yeah. Well, I use it as a, like an but, extra step to like push my boundaries, see what I'm capable of, see what my potential is in terms of escape, in terms of execution. I'm not raging. I'm not cranking on someone's neck. I'm not trying to rip their knee apart with no, a heel hook. No, roll. Like but roll. like the roll there, like the... Uh, 
when we're rolling and we're you know having a good time where i'm just doing transitions it, it's so instantaneous i'm not thinking about that when the the term in terms of like defending the people and things i love um come at a point of like extreme uh error or terror to rhyme sorry but like when maybe you have your arm wrapped around my neck or I have my arm in an arm bar or maybe you got the triangle arm bar combo. And I'm thinking like, I got to get out of this to continue my purpose. You know, it, yeah. it, there's, there's glory. There's, it, it can be valiant and there's a positive way to think about it. Maybe I use the wrong verbiage in describing what I, what, what my like mentality is behind those things. But to me, it's like defending something good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't think soldiers going into battle uh, in modern warfare are bad people. No, they're 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 doing that because in some way, shape, or form, they're defending our freedom. Yeah, I'm not. Doing, I'm not saying oh, look, these fucking psycho killers with their fucking M4s. What the hell are they doing? You know. Yeah, no, they're fighting. They're fighting for freedom. They're so that, fighting for our that's, freedom. That's my perspective yeah. on it. You know what I mean? Well, I didn't. Jump, ju- I didn't jump. just compare myself to like you know an actual American hero or veteran out there. Just so everyone knows, <laughs> I'm not doing that's, that. What I mean, that's our heroes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, all vets are heroes. Um, on another note, we talked. I was. I wanted to bring this up. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Do you think that we currently train Brazilian jiu-jitsu or do you think that we train jiu-jitsu? I think we train American jiu-jitsu. I agree with that. I think I think you're absolutely correct. I can't remember last time you've even called a move its Brazilian name. We don't see, we don't use the judo takedown names. Mm-mm. We don't say that shit. No. We, we say hip toss. Right. We say rear naked choke. We don't say Mateo Leon. You know right. what I mean? The Mateo Leon. Yeah. It, we we train. I I did something. I think I was in like some S mount bullshit with Shane last week, and he was like, "That's some American jujitsu," and I was like, "Fuck, you know, it's funny you say that now because I just had this that moment last week mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, this is American jujitsu. When I'm rolling and I'm pretending I'm someone else, you know, you know, when you know, when you're like fucking real good, you pretending you're someone real hot. Uh, <laughs> Um, when I'm rolling, I'm like thinking like more of like, oh, I got to be like Gordon Ryan. Like when you're skateboarding, you're thinking, oh, I'm I'm this good professional skateboarder. You know, you kind of like emulate their style. You kind of have that mentality about it. I don't think of a Brazilian guy. I think about Gordon Ryan. Yeah. The dude who's somehow younger than me. <laughs> Not as good as looking though. Nope. Not as I got him beat there. Um... It's it's interesting because like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, it used I think obviously it was Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for a while, right? Uh, let's talk about the history that I'm gonna butcher, but you had Master Carlos Gracie and mm-hmm. his brother Elio Gracie, mm-hmm. and I was listening to the podcast with Joe Rogan and Hicks and Gracie the other day, yeah. and Hicks and Gracie was talking about his dad Elio Gracie. And um, Elio Gracie did not train jiu-jitsu while Master Carlos was training jiu-jitsu, learning it from Matsuhu Medea, mm-hmm. uh, if that's how you pronounce his name. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of that name. 
You Let's said just it, say Medea. You said it so wrong, I can't remember how it's actually said. Yes. <laughs> we'll just call him Medea, right? Right. Mitsu Maeda. Mitsu Maeda. I think that's how it's said. Okay, Mitsu Maeda. <laughs> Thank you. See, American Jiu-Jitsu. Amer- it's American, man. Is it Mits- okay. So Medea was uh, teaching Master Carlos Jiu-Jitsu, and one of Master Carlos's students showed up, and um, he wasn't ready, and he said to go warm up with his brother, Elio. And so Elio, or Elio was there and said, um, my brother's getting ready. I'll go warm up with you in the barn. And so Elio started warming up because Elio is a smaller framed individual. Um, the person who showed up for the class liked working with Elio more than he liked working with Carlos Gracie. And so he asked master Carlos if he could continue working with Elio Gracie and Elio Gracie kept working with them. And because Elio Gracie was a smaller framed individual and was going through his health issues, um, he had to adapt his body to be able to deal with the pressure from his brother, Master Carlos. His brother, Master Carlos, is more of a, you know, pressureful. His brother or his son? Master Carlos? Carlos? Yeah. Master Carlos and Elio were brothers. Oh, okay. And then there's there's Carlos Gracie Jr. Well, I know that. I know that. I'm not talking about Carlos Gracie Jr. Oh, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Keep going. I okay. I believe you. You're right. So there is yeah, Master Carlos and his brother Elio. And so um the guard, you know, um Hicks and Gracie contributes to the the guard being created by Elio Gracie because in order for him to win, he had to be able to hold him, hold them down. He had to use his legs to do that. And so that all makes sense, right? And now fast forward, uh Elio Gracie, Hicks and Gracie, um, Henner and Hoyler Gracie, all the family come to the States, come to the United States. They go to LA, Torrance, California, or whatever city. And they start building their brand and their martial art and testing it with other schools and doing the Gracie challenges and stuff like that. So when they started teaching, they were really forming Brazilian jiu-jitsu because what they learned was not what they taught. Like they had to change it. And it did originate in Brazil. It originated with that family. So, of course, it became a cultural thing. It became Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and that took over. But then it came to the States. And over the past 20 years or so, it's changed so much. And the influences behind jiu-jitsu now are no longer fully Brazilian. It's not all influenced by Brazil. It's It started there, but it's not continuing from there. So you have Gordon Ryan, you have Keenan Cornelius, my, you have like Josh my, Hinger. Yeah, my heroes he, are Raphael Lovato Jr., not Rafael. Right. He's an American guy from Oklahoma, you know, him yeah. and Dean Lister and fucking Gordon Ryan, of course. To, mm-hmm. But, you know. Yeah. And so the way record. the game is gone, I mean, I almost think it's kind of interesting to continue calling it Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It, what else is there in the world that we still refer to culturally with its, uh, you know, place of origin? Because it, there's jujitsu from Japan, which evolved, uh, evolved, you know, from judo and then Brazilian made it our own. Yeah. Of course. Not our own. But I feel a sense of pride because we do Brazilian jujitsu sometimes. Um, I don't know, man. It, I guess, like, 
skateboarding is skateboarding, but sometimes there's a people just skate vert. Those are just vert skateboarders. They're not street skateboarders. Mm-hmm. But we don't call street skateboarders street skateboarders. We just call them skateboarders. Yeah. But we call the vert skateboarders where it originated vert skateboarders. So that's Brazilian. So we can, like, I like what you, where you said, do we do Brazilian jiu-jitsu or do we just do jiu-jitsu? I like jiu-jitsu. I think it's jiu-jitsu too. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I don't do vert skateboarding. I just skate. You just skate. That's the the closest uh, real life comparison I can make. I'm sure there's a much more obvious one, but I sweated it out of my asshole on those blue mats earlier, (laughs) so I can't think of it. You know what's really funny when people ask what you do and you tell them you do jujitsu? And you do that karate bullshit. bullshit. (laughs) 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 That bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) All the time, dude. People come up to me at the store and they'll look at my shirt and they're like, Gracie Barra. Barra. Gracie Barra jujitsu. Hiya. (laughs) Lady. Back up. Very bold. Very bold of people to assume. Yeah, it's very bold of people to assume. I like when they come up to you and they look at you and they look at your ear and they look at you and they ask you a question like, do you do jiu-jitsu? Are you a fighter? A lot of the responses I give is, no, I was born with my ear like that. And then they like freak out. They're like, oh, my, I was just asking because it looks like a cauliflower ear. You wrestled in high school. and mm-hmm. Oh, you sure mm-hmm. you did. Sure you did. <laughs> I'm a. I put CBD on my ears after jujitsu, and that's why I think why they've stayed intact. Do you really? Yeah, a hundred percent. I put CBD like topical on my ears. Do you and, not want cauliflower ear? Um, I don't fucking need it. Who who doesn't want it? Really, you know. I th- I, I there was a time when I was like I can't fucking wait to look that tough, but then there was the realization of like. I'm not even that tough yet. I'm still too... <laughs> people call me nice in jiu-jitsu, dude. I got to fucking... <laughs> I I don't need those right now. Yeah. Also, um, there's a, I have a tiny bit, just enough to where I know that my ears are now different than when I began this fucking journey. Okay. And it annoys me in pictures, or it annoys me in the mirror when I'm like... It, it feels like I'm trying to put like my ears back together. And I'm like, shit, they're like out of shape. I got to put them like, and then it, 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 it's so subtle, but because I fucking look at it every day, I, I noticed, I go, well, some, something happened. They don't look the same. I used to take pictures of my ears to see how far it's come. And now it's just annoying because it's like, I don't want it to get any worse. Got it. I also like that no one talks to me about jujitsu in public. Yeah. I don't think you put off that vibe though. About jujitsu? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to fucking. I don't wear jujitsu stuff. If I saw you on the street, like I wouldn't think that you're a jujitsu guy. Thank God. I feel like people they get fucked with more. I don't get fucked with. Well, yeah, dude. You one of your ears looks like it got blown off at Nam. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I typically I typically don't get fucked with. We're in a small area. Who fucks with anyone around here, anyways? But Did, like you know, being in Lompoc. A bunch of fucking hood rats over there, dude. dude. Going to the bars. I got gotten a stupid altercation. Why would you go to the bar? The bar. That's general. where the pool tables are, bitch. Don't go to buy a pool table. <laughs> buy a pool table. I don't even find have one on Craigslist. Yeah, they're not not as good. 
Wicked Shamrock got brand new pool tables, so that's where I'm at. Have you seen Conor McGregor's new Lamborghini His yacht? yacht? No. Isn't that I who heard made about it? it? It's a yacht that was made yeah, by yeah, Lamborghini? Yeah. yeah, it's a Lamborghini yacht. How stupid is that? What a waste of money. That get that kind of thing like gives me like secondhand embarrassment or like secondhand anxiety of like, dude, you're one of those people who like you were broke, so then you got money and then you just buy gaudy shit with it. It's like people who get their uh, their tax return and they blow it on something flashy and then they're still the same broke asshole next year. Oh mm-hmm. that hurts. Mm-hmm. That hurts. Yep. That hurts me like deep in my soul. The things that the things that the things that he could have done with that. To be fair, I don't have that money. I might have bought like if I had money oh man, I might buy something stupid. If How much you, do you think that thing costs? Um between uh, probably Did you see it online? Did you between, see the price of it? Between nine and twenty million. I didn't see the price of it. I didn't but see I'm gonna say it, around there. Maybe four million. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Yeah, look it up, please. But I was gonna ask you just because you brought this up, made me think. Uh, if you if money was no object, what kind of things would you buy? Like I remember when people were talking about. Uh, one of his friends asked <coughs> uh, Joe Rogan. Uh, one of his friends asked him, like, you, "You get some new shit after the Spotify deal? You know, the hundred million dollars Spotify deal? You buy some new toys and shit. What'd you get? I want to know what you bought. I want to know like what you got. You know, he got some like couple nice cars and shit." Not a lot of shit. You know, bought a nice house in fucking Texas. So that's pretty cool. Isolated. Mm-hmm. Whew, sounds like a dream. Okay. Um, what kind of shit would you buy, dude? I have this all I'd, thought I'd, of. I'd have this all thought out. Oh, really? Wow. I'd for sure buy like a super fucking like tricked out overland apocalypse style land cruiser nice toyota or maybe like you know just trick out a forerunner 3.6 million 3.6 million so i was right when yep. i said four. inside yeah connor's 3.6 million dollar lamborghini super yacht crazy so what would i do if i just if money was no object yeah if, if you were like let's say i let's say I, fuck you money if i won the lottery and it was 365 million dollars or whatever yeah. um so i would buy i would buy real estate mm-hmm. um in oh, yeah. most of the states in the united states yeah. i would try and buy property within all those states and i would buy that property um in areas where I can turn over a handful of properties to a property management company. And then all of the rental money that those properties accumulated would go into trust accounts, um, interest earning trust accounts. And so then I would take people in my life that are down and out and need some assistance or need just a nest egg set up for them or their family or their future. And I'd take that money and I would um, create a trust account for that individual. And the thing with the trust account that I would create for that individual is that they would only be able to take and draw from the interest earned off of those accounts so that there's always a continual stream of income coming into those trust accounts. But when you give somebody money, 
Sometimes they lose the value of that. And if you give somebody $100,000, they spend it and then they come back and they want more. But when you give somebody enough to get by, to give them that assistance or give them that peace of mind that they can continue living and working for their dreams and that that principle will always be there as long as they have interest and enough interest that they can draw from, um, then that person will be set, but they can't take money from that account just to buy stuff. They would have to be used for living expenses, schooling, housing, um, stuff like that, you know? And I would do that for the people that we loved in our life and I would continue to do that. And then I would also continue my journey of opening up schools uh, jiu-jitsu schools in communities like this to create stronger communities. Um, I would empower people to run schools like this once we've developed them and built them and empower the communities to come together. So I, I've thought a lot into what I would do if I came across a lot of money. Um, I wouldn't go out and buy a super yacht. I wouldn't do that type of stuff. You wouldn't I buy would, any new toys? I would buy houses. I, my new toys would be houses and, and land. I would want houses and land that I can build and uh, fix up and re- and you know um, reinvigorate these homes, these old Victorian homes. Like there's a lot of Vict- old Victorian homes that my wife has looked at that I would love to buy and kind of go Retrofit. back and you know clean them up and stuff. And so if we bought homes and properties in cities and states that we've always wanted to live in, we'd always have a place to go. And as long as I'd open up a jujitsu school in all those cities and communities, it would give me a reason to go around and continually be invested in all these communities that we're starting with jujitsu, um, but also be able to have housing that you know is available to people that need it in these places. And as long as rent is being collected, then all that rent would go into a trust account for like each state, right? So if each if I had ten homes in each yeah. state there would be one property management company to manage all those 10 homes. And every month, the rental fee mm-hmm. would go into a trust account. And then through that trust account, we would pay you know, the property management and pay all the fees and the, update, the uh, upkeep for the homes because there's rental f- things that are going to happen. Ovens are going to yeah, break. Gotta be People are going to break your drywall. They're mm-hmm. going to move out. They're going to things will There's happen. There's going to be wildfires. You've got to keep that. be termites. Right. And so you can't allow the people who you set these trusts up for to take from these trusts and take the principal because then you can't fix up the houses if they, all of a sudden they take all the principal. So you only allow them the ability to draw from the interest that's earned. So whatever type of management you can get on a, on a account, you know, if you're earning 2% interest, well, eventually the interest is going to get higher and higher and higher because the nest egg grows. So if you put... 100,000 in that account, but every month you have $10,000 to $15,000 of rent coming into it. In a year, you now have $300,000. And if your interest is 2% over six years, that number grows and grows and grows. And so, yeah. You wouldn't buy a nice rifle or something? You wouldn't get it? Where would you live? What what would your house be like? Indulge me. Um, Lifestyles of the... Rich and famous. So I would, I would. What I kind would, of car would you drive? Would you get a truck? I definitely have trucks. Trucks. What definitely kind of have truck some trucks. Um, so I like my Chevy Silverado Trail Boss. My Chevy Silverado Trail Boss is legit. I'd get a Hilux imported. Hilux imported. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know what that is. So there's this truck. It's like a midsize. It's like a smaller midsize truck. It's the probably the most popular truck in the world everywhere except America. 
because of something called the chicken tax. Can't import it. Okay. Um, for, I forget the specific specifics of it, so I apologize for everyone who has to fucking look that up now. Mm-hmm. But it's Toyota's Hilux. There's a lot. They look right now. They look like the new Ford Rangers or like um, Jake's truck. You know. Yeah, the Colorado. Yeah, yeah. They look just like that now. Nice. But they are just like the most impenetrable, high strung endurance uh like endurance vehicles yeah they all over the middle east all the countries in africa just this wild it's the most popular truck in australia okay just everyone has these things they're they're just tanks they're just beasts you cannot kill them sure they're great they're like the wolverine you know minus minus the self-repair part yeah of trucks and i think i'd get one of those just to have it right you know on. just have it like yeah in the lineup of cars you know i'd want you know nice nice forerunner you know soup mine up things sure. like that yeah off-road trucks trucks and off-road trucks for sure i mean i wouldn't have an excess amount of vehicles or trucks i'd have what i use what about a muscle you know? car you get a muscle car you like muscle nah. cars nothing like nah. that i i i my i know cat would get a i know cat would want to buy a corvette She's always wanted a Corvette. Like so a new one or an old one? Not the new, new ones. The yeah, new, new ones are kind of silly looking. I, 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 do, I, like, I don't like the, they look a little silly to me. I like when, I can't remember what year it was, but I, uh, it was when they transitioned the the body style over. I think it was the 20 or the 2019s or 2020s. Um, and they got really affordable. Oh. So the ZR71 or whatever okay. went to like, it dropped by like $20,000, but they souped it up like even more so than the year before. Yeah. Um, Cat would know that. I'd get a nice Hellcat or something. She wants a Jag. She also Whoa, wants a, a cool. F-type Jag. So, with a with a license a, plate that says "Pretty Kitty." <laughs> maybe a Tesla. No, one of the, pl- no the Tesla. plaid Teslas. I like Tesla, but I don't want to be on the grid, dude. I don't, uh, yeah, don't want to be right. all relied on. Although I I just put in a Tesla charger at someone's house the other day. You know, nice. You just plug it in at home. I drove to LA with David in his Tesla. That oh, yeah. was interesting. That but sounds cool. Like living, so I would, I would live, I would, I would live in a compound. I'd buy, I'd buy property. I, mm-hmm. I would own property, um, have a compound, mm-hmm. and I'd have housing on the compound you have for walls around it um, for very few people that I love in my that I would love to have in my life and oh, hold near and dream? dear. Is that the dream? That's my dream. dream. I want a fucking um, compound. My, the the Dallas Bronson Colt. Come on. And over. then we'll have a uh, we'll have a, a barn with um, you know obviously jujitsu with some weightlifting equipment yeah. and stuff like that. We'll have some things to Whole do on the barn, property. Gym. Um, you know, and then as far as just like the house goes, like I'm not I'm not I don't need a lot. I I just need enough. I need enough for my family. I'd like a really cool cabin. Cabin like a cabin, cool. but like a two-story cabin. Right. Like some I want like, like I want, I want like the, what they live in in Yellowstone. That TV show. Oh yeah, dude, that shit's rad. It looks great. I want something like that. I want Real an old, I want an old, old Victorian home. And I got turned on to those wow. because of my wife. Like she, That's she loves That's architecture. Really cool. She's she's fascinated in mm-hmm. architecture and just loves homes and designs and old, old hand handcrafted you know, hardware and designs. And so, um, I would like to have an old mansion or an old, uh, castle or an old Victorian home that we can renovate and not change or update, but just clean up. 
and make pretty and kind of reinvigorate the stories behind it. Because each, if you look at an old Victorian home from the 1800s, those things have stories. They do. Tons of stories. They do. There's a, there's a historical one preserved in Lompoc on a street. Okay. It's one of the attractions there. Sure. And it's, there's a, there's one in Los Alamos. They rent it out. They have all these individual rooms. They're all themed rooms. They're all different. Um, Ronda Rousey and Travis Brown actually stayed there years ago. Funny story. I'll tell you after, um, fucking it's beautiful yeah i've been inside real quick it's really such a trip i i was like kind of like victorian homes what the hell when you said that but you're kind of opening my got it my data bank here yeah and so that's i think that and that would be stupid i i think that 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 would be what we would do that would be our our house if it wouldn't be like damn look at this fucking bill gates house you know or oh yeah like no. hugh hefner playboy mansion you know like not even close that's i've, I've heard the playboy mansions that's ridiculous gross and outdated it probably is super gross we went to a friend's wedding this past weekend on saturday and we had to pick up we got picked up by the shuttle it was i don't even remember the name of the shuttle <laughs> We get on the shuttle and it's like black leather seats and oh, everything, yeah. so full on strip stripper pole in the shuttle. Yeah. And we we ended up picking the early shuttle. There was two shuttle times, and we ended up taking the earlier of the two. And we didn't realize that that was basically when all of our friends' old relatives and family were going to be going to the wedding. Yeah. So we were like his only friends on the shuttle, along with his like aunts and uncles and oh, grandparents wow. and stuff. And as soon as we were the first ones on the shuttle and I saw the pole and I was like, oh, my God. And I walked past it and I sit down. And, of course, every single woman that walked on that bus, old, young, it didn't matter, was like, oh, a stripper pole. <laughs> Grabbing the pole and, like, dancing on the pole. And I'm just, like, my head's down telling my wife, like, oh, my God, this is crazy. The gnarlier part was you look up at the ceiling and you realize that that fucking bus has never been cleaned. Ever. You look up, you're like, uh, uh. Was what? this around here in the area? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I know what bus it is. Do you wait? Um, I can't think of the name of it right now, but I know where they park them. It's like. It's something like obvious. Like you hear the name and you go, oh, that's. that. There's a stripper pole in there for sure. It's like you hear the name. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, what is it? It's. I think it's over by the, the gun store. Escort. No, not escort. It's something. It's like magic carpet or something. Something like escort limos. Yeah, it's escort limos or something like that. No, it's what is it? Fuck, I gotta look it up now. It's not. Give them a shout. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Tell them to clean the ceilings in their buses. Got it. No. Silk Road. No. No. Fuck. Okay. I thought it was theirs for sure. Do you have an experience with Silk Road? No, I just see I, their name. It's just funny because it's just okay. a bunch of limos parked in front of the fucking subway Maybe it's over there. Elixir. Oh yeah, or, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know that one. I, Elixir or or that's a drink or like a fuck. I think you're right because you're like you're like putting <laughs> thoughts into you're putting the imagery in my head. You're like yeah, re- it was, rewriting shit. It was here though. It was, it was interesting. I've never really been on a shuttle bus, especially one of the. With the stripper pole. <laughs> I was on one in Vegas. It was very lackluster because there was no stripper. It was nice to go. Oh, I, I was with, uh, funnily enough, someone who trains here. <laughs> nice. Anyways. Nice. I bet you. 
Never mind. I'm not going to say a thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Um, you want to wrap this up? Yeah, let's see you it, next dude. week. See you next week. Dude, thank you for the role. Thanks. It was a really fun role last night and tonight. Absolutely. Um, Combat jujitsu. If you don't know what it is, look it up. Um, hopefully we'll get a live video one of these days of some combat jujitsu. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Ah, shit. I should get like a tripod or something so we can film it. I have a tripod. Okay. No, not. We get it. It's huge. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. I'm signing off. Peace.